Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you refuse to take no for an answer. I am excited to get started and share this episode with you today because this guest is doing some important work to educate and inspire the next generation of political leaders in the U.S. Rebecca Joseph is the founder and co-executive director of Women in Politics, which is an organization dedicated to making politics a more tangible career path for young women through different initiatives. I really enjoyed this conversation with Rebecca and can't wait to share it. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Rebecca Joseph. First off, thank you, Lily, for having me on the podcast. My name is Rebecca Joseph. I'm 16 years old, and I'm a high school junior from the Bay Area. I'm the founder and co-executive of Women in Politics, which is an organization I started in May of 2020 um, that blew up over a TikTok video. Um, And essentially what the organization is, is that we're just dedicated to making politics a more tangible career path for young girls specifically. Um, And right now we're currently working on releasing a children's book, which is very exciting. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me, Rebecca, and I would love to know more about your background. What were some of the experiences that you had that led you to really get started with political advocacy? Tell me some about what led to the beginning of Women in Politics. So um, growing up, I was never really interested in law, much less politics. I never saw women like me getting involved, so I never really considered it as a tangible career path that I could really go into until my freshman year of high school, where I joined my school speech and debate team. And that really propelled me into the field of politics, specifically through debate, because obviously we're debating more political um, things. But even with speech, it gave me, I compete in original oratory, which is just 10 minutes of your original work. It gave me a space to really just talk about what I was passionate about. No interruptions, no anything. It was just me talking and people listening. And that was very rewarding. Um, and that pushed me again into the field of politics, but then the pandemic hit, um, I believe like halfway through my, um, freshman year in March. And that really put me back because tournaments weren't in person anymore. The tournament season was ending. And as the political scene got more tense, I was just looking for ways to get involved. And I never saw like a community of women who wanted to a community of women who wanted to pursue this field because debate and speech are very you know male dominated I'm sure for many listeners who've done any sort of political activity in high school and beyond obviously it's very similar to like the real world of politics so that's really what I longed for and I originally I wanted to just start a club because I thought um school would be back in person after the two weeks we were gone but um obviously that didn't happen and I posted a TikTok I think within a day of me like thinking about this idea and that went viral and from there we just amassed I think over a hundred applicants and I and we accepted I think almost almost every single one but that really allowed our organization to grow and flourish to where it is now. 
That's so great. And I didn't realize that it all began with TikTok. That's such an interesting part of the story. So I'd also love for you to tell me more about that process to create and then develop women in politics after the initial launch following the TikTok. Tell me about that process to grow the organization, because it seems like it's really organic based on how much interest there is in this topic. It's a lot of trial and error. Um, if you look back at like May 2020, if you scroll down to like the back end of our Instagram or go down, I mean, I think our TikTok is a little bit more curated, but really our Instagram, our mission statement has changed. What we do is change. What we've put out has changed. And it's really grown with what we want to have done with this organization, which has been amazing because we've been, I've been able to learn from multiple people across, across the States and across the world really about what they want to see in women in politics but um originally when I started it was like a there was a we had a blog portion we had we we still have our magazine um we had a YouTube channel and we had a few other things going on as well um but I put up a website it was a very rushed website on Wix but it was a website nonetheless um and I put up the Instagram I made a Twitter I made a I don't think I made a TikTok but I made a Twitter and an Instagram um, and then from there we had, I like did the interview stuff and I picked out team leaders and everything, but, um, one of our writing leaders, Catherine Bronov shoe, who's actually my co-executive now, she actually sat on a call with me one Friday evening, like the first week woman in politics really began and was like, this is a very messy schedule, Rebecca, we need to fix this. Um, and she sat down and she reworked everything. And that honestly, um, really taught me how to like delegate to people and let other people be a part of this mission because I didn't realize it at the time but as soon as that video became viral it wasn't really my mission my idea anymore it was all of ours and from there um I think we we reorganized like the magazine schedule we um came up with new ideas to reach out to people new events that we did um which was amazing. We started doing, um, we're starting to do speech and debate stuff, reaching out to kids on a more local level. And then with the children's book, that was also one of our, um, Catherine's idea actually, that a few of our writers have started to write and we're having, we're in the process of designing right now. But um, it's really like, I like the word you said, organic. There hasn't been a structure to it, but it's all of us just trying to find our way. Um, and at the time that we started, all of our founding members, most most of us were in um high school still so now it's really grown with us because a lot of them are in either in the middle of college or you know out of college right now um and now we're like letting more freshmen and sophomores come in so it's really nice to see it grow and with with people as they grow up and as younger uh, girls are joining us as well i would also love to ask you a little bit about the book tell me about how you came up with that idea and what the process looked like to create it because i think it's another unique part of the work that you're doing with women in politics yeah this is actually last year december 24th so christmas eve catherine and i were facetiming i'm honestly not sure why we've been trying to figure out why we were calling like it was a serious call where she was cooking dinner by herself we both had family over it was such it was such an odd day but regardless, we were calling and we were talking about how we really wanted to reach like the younger generation. Cause obviously we have our like social media platform where we connect with most people, but um, looking at Instagram analytics and just like overall, like we were only reaching people who had access to Instagram or TikTok, which weren't like younger girls. Um, 
so we were talking about how we could reach them and we were talking about books because I'm sure you're familiar with the like the who was series where they talk about like American presidents they don't like those are all obviously white males besides Barack Obama and that like obviously I would go through those books and read those for history class or whatever I was doing in elementary school I just never saw any of myself in those books and I just again never thought that I could do this so we wanted to create a children's book just to show kids like like hey this is this is something that you were allowed to do this is there's space for you in this field in this scene and the book follows two elementary school students who are going to the Capitol Hill on a field trip and they get lost and they watch um, a bill being passed about seatbelts on uh, school buses and they put they play a little bit of a role in it. And our goal with the book is to have it be taught in a one school, one book track, which basically my elementary school did this. We did this with fictional books, though, but what essentially would do is everyone in that elementary school, they would read the book at the same time and there would be purpose questions. And then according to each grade's curriculum, there would be different things assigned. So fourth and fifth graders, I believe that they're, I think fourth graders are doing state history and fifth graders are doing US history along with essay writing. So there would be like prompts attached to that to help teachers uh, implement this into their curriculum. And then for second and third graders, it's most mostly about like building sentences and sentence structure. So they would look into how our sentences are played with like verbs and adjectives and just how they're joined together, which is interesting. But a cool part about this book process is that I've been I've been meeting with a lot of elementary teachers and I've learned a lot about how, especially like the younger grades, how 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 much they look into what they're giving students to learn and it's very it's very interesting it's very cool to see um them do do it now and looking back at my own education but um it's really been a great experience I love that idea and it's great that you've been able to learn so much through the process as well so I would love to know some of your thoughts surrounding the future of the gap between male and female representation in politics what are you hoping to see in the future regarding this issue I think I well I hope the future is female but um I think what for what I hope the future will bring is really that women feel more um accepted into this field um there is a statistic I'm thinking on where it's from but a man doesn't have to be asked for office one time he'll just run out of his own you know thoughts or whatever while a woman has to be asked nine times to run and I think just that disbelief that I there is no space for me run so high. And I hope that with what Women in Politics does, especially with the younger generation, that if we can instill it younger, that they do have a space and that they do have a voice, that they'll feel that they are, that they can actually run. Because at the local and even state level, disregarding president uh, presidential races, women are just as likely to win as men. It's just the act of believing that they can run that's stopping, um, that's stopping us. Thank you for sharing and explaining all of that, especially that statistic, because that's so interesting. And I think you're right that it really is what you're trying to target with women in politics. So I'd also love to know, is there any really great advice that you've received or maybe words of wisdom that you really try to live by? Does anything like that come to mind for you? Oh, that's that's a hard one. There's so many. I think there's so many for different chapters of your life. Um. I think right now what I'm working on is like, don't just, this is very generic, but just don't give up and whatever, and just do your best and whatever happens will happen, but don't take no for an answer at the same time. 
So, you know, in speech and debate, I faced instances where judges will give harsher comments to me, especially I, I used to debate with a male um, partner and it was interesting to read our ballots and our comments in comparison, my comments and my um, critiques in comparison to his. So even though I get, you know, somewhat of a negative reaction to what I'm doing, just don't give up, but also don't get hung over all this like negative news. So I think that's, that's currently what I'm working on right now. That's great advice. And I think so much of that you can't control. So it just makes more sense to move past it, which is exactly what you're doing. So I have one last question for you. Lots of young people, particularly college students, want to make a difference and they want to make change, but they may not know how or maybe where to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? Um, My first thing is look locally. I think that's sometimes overlooked. I know a lot of cities have local youth commissions, one where I'm part of and different, uh, which is centered for youth, Um, but they also have local task forces. I know a lot of cities, especially in California right now, are doing diversity and equity, diversity, equity, and inclusivity task forces where youth usually do participate in that. And it's a very rewarding way to get involved with your local government and see change that you really want to see be enacted um, within your town. as for other things, really honestly reach out to your local government, even if there isn't, um, you know, a youth commission or any other task forces, ask why not, because it's, it's, a, it's a good way to get a conversation starting. And I'm sure there's someone else, some, somewhere, someone else somewhere in the government who wants to, who wants to get that started. Um, if not, I think, you know, looking into your school and seeing what's happening there. Um, there are a lot of national and um, youth-led um, organizations that have started to come up over COVID, which has been very exciting. Um, so always look into that. Um, but there, there are resources for people. Just you need to know where to look and just keep on asking. And I'm sure you'll find something. Um, and Women in Politics is always open, regardless of who you are, how old you are, um, where you're located. We're always looking for people to, to join us. I really enjoyed talking with Rebecca because I think she's doing really important work to educate people, particularly young women, about America's political system. Rebecca was completely right in saying that it can be so difficult for girls to see themselves working in politics because there just isn't enough encouragement for them to do so. I want to highlight Rebecca's advice that she shared because I think it goes along well with the purpose of women in politics. She talked about refusing to take no for an answer. And I think there are more and more politicians who are women who are doing just that. They recognize a need for their service, and they're trailblazing a way for generations of young women to follow their path to politics as well. Women in Politics is showing young women that they can push past barriers, and there is room for them in politics, despite the people who may tell them no or who may close the door. And that is why it is so important to remember Rebecca's advice that change comes when you refuse to take no for an answer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can connect with Rebecca on Instagram at Rebecca with a double R underscore Joseph with a double J, and you can check out Women in Politics at at Women in Politics underscore as well. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at be the change podcast.org or on Instagram at 
Be the Change podcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.